Chapter forty one of Stories of King Arthur and His Knights. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joy Chan. Stories of King Arthur and His Knights by New Waldo Cutler. Chapter forty one Of the Passing of King Arthur. When the king was laid in the chapel, he thought himself well eased. Then heard they people cry in the field, and Sir Lucan went out to wit what the noise betokened. As he went he saw and heard in the moonlight how the plunderers and robbers were come into the battlefield to pillage and rob many a full noble knight of rings and jewels, and who that were not dead all out, there they slew them for their harness and their riches. When Sir Lucan understood this work, he came to the king as soon as he might, and told him all what he had heard and seen. "'Therefore by my advice,' said Sir Lucan, "'it is best that we bring you to some town.' "'I would it were so,' said the king, "'but I may not stand, my head works so. "'Ah, Sir Launcelot, this day have I sore missed thee. "'Alas, that ever I was against thee, "'for now have I my death, "'whereof Sir Gawain me warned in my dream.' Then Sir Lucan and Sir Bedivere took up the king, and in the lifting the king swooned, and Sir Lucan, that was grievously wounded in many places, also fell in a swoon with the lift, and therewith the noble knight died. When King Arthur came to himself again, he beheld Sir Lucan dead, and Sir Bedivere weeping for his brother, and he said, This is unto me a full heavy sight, to see this noble duke so die for my sake for he would have hoped me that he had more need of help than I. Yet, Sir Bedivere, weeping and mourning will not avail me. For wit thou well, if I might live myself, the death of Sir Lucan would grieve me evermore. But my time hieth fast. Therefore, Sir Bedivere, take thou, Excalibur, my good sword, and go with it to yonder waterside, and when thou comest there, I charge thee throw my sword in that water, and come again and tell me what thou there seest. My lord, said Bedivere, your commandment shall be done, and I will lightly bring you word again. So Sir Bedivere departed, and by the way he beheld that noble sword, whose pommel and haft were all of precious stones, and then he said to himself, If I throw this rich sword in the water, thereof shall never come good, but harm and loss. Then Sir Bedivere hid Excalibur under a tree, and as soon as he might he came again unto the king, and said he had been at the water, and had thrown the sword into the water. "'What sawest thou there?' said the king. "'Sir,' he said, "'I saw nothing but waves and winds.' "'That is untruly said of thee,' said the king. "'Therefore go thou lightly again, and do my command as thou art to me life and dear. Spare not, but throw it.' Then Sir Bedivere returned again, and took the sword in his hand, and then him thought it sin and shame to throw away that noble sword. And so again he hid the sword, and returned, and told the king that he had been at the water, and done his commandment. "'What sawest thou there?' said the king. "'Sir,' he said, "'I saw nothing but the water's lap and the waves toss.' "'Ah, traitor untrue,' said King Arthur." Now hast thou betrayed me twice. Who would have thought that thou that hast been to me so life and dear, and that art named a noble knight, wouldst betray me for the riches of the sword? 
But now go again lightly, for thy long tarrying putteth me in great jeopardy of my life, for I have taken cold. And unless thou do as I bid thee, if ever I may see thee, I shall slay thee with mine own hands, for thou wouldst for my rich sword see me dead. Then Sir Bedivere departed, and went to the sword, and lightly took it up, and went to the water-side. There he bound the girdle about the hilts, and then he threw the sword as far into the water as he might. And there came an arm and an hand above the water, and met it, and caught it, and so shook it thrice and brandished, and then vanished away the hand with the sword in the water. So Sir Bedivere came again to the king, and told him what he saw. "'Alas!' said the king, "'help me thence, for I fear me I have tarried over long.' Then Sir Bedivere took the king upon his back, and so went with him to that water-side. And when they were at the water-side, even fast by the bank hove a little barge, with many fair ladies in it. And among them all was a queen, and all they had black hoods, and all they wept and shrieked when they saw King Arthur. "'Now put me into the barge,' said the king. And so he did softly, and there received him three queens with great mourning. And so they set him down, and in one of their laps King Arthur laid his head. And then that queen said, "'Ah, dear brother, why have ye tarried so long from me? Alas, this wound on your head hath caught over much cold.' And so then they rode from the land, and Sir Bedivere beheld all these ladies go from him. Then he cried, "'Ah, my lord Arthur, what shall become of me now ye go from me, and leave me here alone among mine enemies?' "'Comfort thyself,' said the king and do as well as thou mayest, for in me is no trust for to trust in, for I will into the vale of Avilion to heal me of my grievous wound, and if thou hear never more of me, pray for my soul. Ever the queens and the ladies wept and shrieked that it was pity to hear, and as soon as Sir Bedivere had lost the sight of the barge, he wept and wailed, and so took the forest, and he went all that night, and in the morning, he was where betwixt two ancient cliffs of a chapel and an hermitage, and he was glad. When he came into the chapel he saw a hermit praying by a tomb new graven. The hermit was the bishop of Canterbury that Sir Mordred had banished, and Sir Bedivere asked him what man was there interred. "'Fair son,' said the hermit, "'I wot not verily, but this night, at midnight, here came a number of ladies, and brought hither a dead corpse, and prayed me to bury him, and here they offered an hundred tapers, and gave me a hundred besants. Then Sir Bedivere knew that King Arthur lay buried in that chapel, and he prayed the hermit that he might abide with him still there. So there abode Sir Bedivere with the hermit, that was to fore Bishop of Canterbury, and there Sir Bedivere put on poor clothes, and served the hermit full lowly in fasting and in prayers. Thus of Arthur I find never more written in books that be authorised, nor more of the certainty of his death heard I tell, but that he was thus led away in a ship wherein were three queens. The hermit that some time was Bishop of Canterbury bear witness that ladies brought a knight to his burial in the chapel, but the hermit knew not in certain that it was verily the body of King Arthur. For this tale Sir Bedivere, knight of the round table, made to be written. Some men still say in many parts of England that King Arthur is not dead, but tarried by the will of our Lord Jesu in another place. And men say that he shall come again, and shall win the Holy Cross. 
I will not say it shall be so, but rather I will say, here in this world he changed his life. But many men say that there is written upon his tomb these words. Hic jacet Arthurus rex quandam rex que futurus. Here lies Arthur, king that was, and king that shall be. End of chapter 41